0: Those other podcasts keep telling the same old stories over and over Nobody cares about the swerve, bro. We provide you with new content. Now this is fucking entertainment! The TMA Studios, it's what you want. This episode of The Shootout with Bill Blanchard is brought to you in part by... It's the action and excitement of Livewire Wrestling live as we present Final Encounter. Saturday, October 24th at the American Legion Post 63 in Augusta, Georgia. Watch live as the Livewire Wrestling Championship is on the line as the Essential Champion Jeremy Cruz defends against the rock and roll model Matt Sechsells inside an unforgiving steel cage. The Amplified Championship will be on the line as well as Adrian Davis makes his first title defense against the legendary Josh Magnum. And the newly crowned Livewire Tag Team Champions High Profile will also be in the building as well as the rest of the stars of Livewire Wrestling. Fans, you don't want to miss the historic event, so you'll want to go ahead and get your tickets right now at LiveWireAugusta.ga. General admission, $8. VIP tickets, $15, and there's only limited tickets available, so get them now. Please be advised that face coverings are required, and there will be a limited supply to hand out if you do not have any. Sanitizer stations will be set up in the building, and all Augusta Richmond County ordinances will be followed, including the use of facial masks. You do not want to miss this event. LiveWire Wrestling presents... Final Encounter Livewire Wrestling Electrifying Pro Wrestling in the CSRA. Warning The views and opinions expressed by the guest on the shootout are not the views and opinions of TMB Studios, its management, or the host Bill Blanchard. They are strictly the views and opinions of the guest and the guest alone. If you are offended by any of these views and opinions, please stop listening now. Ha!
1: What was the craziest thing you ever did in the ring that people said, "Oh my god, that boy's stupid." Put over Brandon Parker. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I mean cuz we did some pretty weird shit
0: over there. I mean me and me and Devin Wright at 1 point had a buff bitch match. Whatever, dude. a buff bitch okay. match, damn. And he looked like the pig guy off of Captain America. <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest. <laughs> that's that's
1: that sucked the fuck out of me, pal. One too. guy who's just asking straight up questions to people and straight up answers is getting more hits than some that brings a lot of people back to their childhood. I mean this is kind of funny. I appreciate that. You ready? Go yeah. <laughs> do we really have to go there? You no, know, I heard Vince's comment, but I said, hey, even God himself has has a sense of humor. You know, I mean, wow. Had to create a Christopher Dwayne Dixon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh God!
1: How many ring rats? How many ring rats that you have backstage? There were rumors about. How many ring rats wanted to get this? Wait, 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 what? Yeah, how many ring rats you actually had? Ring sure? rats. Oh, oh God, Chris, educate what, what Ring Rats are. Uh-huh. The one even Wolfcrawler turned down. Dale Cheryl.
0: <laughs> <laughs> damn. damn. I hit another zinger right out the park. Wow. Uh-huh. Wow.
1: Don't forget, no, we no. have to put six over in the main event, because he was the top guy,
0: and um, yeah. Well, Hogan must pose, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Hogan must pose. Oh, damn it, Bruce. I feel like going to the Shido show and take this part. I was like, pissing on the grave.
1: That one, bro. The Shootout with Bill Fletcher. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Shootout. Hey, I'm your host, Survivor Pay Bill Blanchard, and this week I've got a very special guest on my show. A longtime friend of mine. A guy I've been trying to get on my show for the last two years, and 2020 has been a crazy year, but not as crazy enough as I got my main man. The voice of wrestling in the CSRA probably knows more play-by-play than Jim Ross and Tony Shabani put together, and I mean that when I say that, too. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome on the show the best play-by-play in the history of the pro wrestling the CSRA, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome my tag team partner, Blake Collins. Blake, what's go- welcome to Shootout, man. How are you doing?
2: Brother Bill, it is an honor and a pleasure to be here with you on the Shootout, uh, very vi- have very much for the past couple of years been looking forward to it and everything here is uh cooking with Crisco man i mean we're uh tr- trucking along very very nicely um and as 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 you know the wrestling world has been turned upside down lately but uh with that being said' it's slowly starting to make head waves for for things to come back come uh shoot on back into life a little bit so It's looking on a very positive note, but we've got to have a lot to talk about in in the wrestling world as well.
1: My man, I tell you what, you know, with this pandemic crazy thing going on, we talked about it in the last few episodes, a lot of independent promotions have been struggling, you know, even just trying to get a show, trying to go through the guidelines, and I really like... um, I really like to um, com- uh, congratulate Livewire Wrestling over with the American Legion down in Augusta. They've had a couple shows, you know, started back in August. I mean, it's August yes, 29th. Sir. Good show. And had a big feud going on with Jeremy Cruz and Matt Sills. And we got a show coming up October 22nd, I do believe. Or is it the 24th? I
2: think well, <laughs> I, bel- I believe it is on the uh, 24th but I like to double double check and be sure but yeah it is going to be a um, awesome brother we've got uh a- as the as the main event going forward into uh the October show you know there was a lot happening between uh, the owner bill Jeremy Cruz and his and in his uh posse and it is it's gonna all come to come to a boil on October in October rather as there will be a steel cage match to determine the live wire champion so it's it's going to be a really really good show but you know I for it's it's a real honor for me to be a part of any type of type of wrestling company that I uh, that I can be a part of especially on the on the commentary side I love doing it and you know I've I've had you uh, thankfully there with 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 a cup with a couple of the companies that are that I've worked with uh, side by side to help to help tell the story.
1: Yes, indeed, my friend. Um, I like I said, I enjoy working with you side by side, especially all the matches we were calling in United Championship yeah. Wrestling. But that steel cage match between Jeremy Cruz and Matt Sells, and the best of my knowledge, the last time we had a steel cage match in the CSRA was flatline pro wrestling. I do believe it was Chris Wiggins defending the championship against the fireman, you know, Antoine Brewer, who is now currently refereeing in World Wrestling Entertainment. You know, big congratulations to him. But that's the and last doing, time match and doing quite well, absolutely. Oh yeah, man! I love his hardcore twenty four seven. skits. his head with truth, you know. Incredible, incredible story on how the fireman came along. But let me ask you a question. Speaking of the fireman, have you ever had an opportunity to to meet the fireman or see him wrestle?
2: Not. Uh, I've seen I've seen him wrestle here before, but I have not had a chance to formally meet him. Uh, while I was working up in. Up at viral at a couple a couple of shows viral pro wrestling. I'm a Thompson. Uh, he was there. I didn't get a chance to formally meet him. I've, I've just spoken to him uh, a a couple of times in passing, and he he seems to be really doing well. Really love working with NXT uh, WWE. He's mainly calling some phenomenal uh, referee and and. Calling uh, phenomenal matches as a referee down in the NXT brand, so he is absolutely killing life right now, loving it, and thankful to have to have spoken spoken to him not formally or anything, but just uh, just in passing. And he seems to be absolutely loving life. Wow! Wow! Um, Blake, let me, let's, let's, let's start you off here,
1: man. Um, where does it all begin for you? Everybody's got an origin story in professional wrestling. What was it about professional wrestling that you fell in love with and how'd you get your start in the
2: business? The story, the story for me, the story for me, Mr. Bill, uh, shoots all the way back to when I was, uh, 40 years old, uh, back in, I believe 90, 92, 93 ish. And I remember watching wrestling, wrestling with my dad, and kind of uh, thinking, "Okay, this, this look, this looks really cool." And then as it progressed, you know, you're looking at the era where it's, WCW is starting to ascend to the heights that it was. But this was before the New World Order and everything had come into play. You still had Sting in his old kind of. Kind of like beach gimmick and and beach attire that he had, kind of like the uh, California surfer surfer sting type, which was absolutely phenomenal. Ric Flair was in, in, engraved ingrained in the WCW scene at that point, and he was killing it. the The, uh, the four horsemen were kind of uh, still on the scene, and man, oh man it was it was a really good time to be in to be watching professional wrestling but it but did did I never see what was coming next with the with the whole boom in professional wrestling that was about to take place with the migration from WCW back in the pre it was bef- it was a little bit before uh, Eric, Eric Bischoff and Ted Turner bought WCW so it was a little bit into the Jim Crockett NWA era type and then I came in at the point where it was slowly transitioning in, into uh, what what was the powerhouse known as WCW and you look at some of the some of the characters that they had it drew me into it and as you begin to get more knowledge into the business and grow into the business you understand kind of how the characters are created how the wrestling matches are created and how everything cinches into into one humongous one humongous Wrestling event and the thing is as you grow in the knowledge your Your opinions and your vision starts to change a little bit and growing growing with what I've Seen from when I started to when I actually started working in the business It's completely changed and it's kind of Seeing what goes on behind the scenes in professional wrestling has made me fall Made me fall in love with the business even more from like going out talking to the boys, oh. seeing how the matches are put together, how everything is books, how everything is is uh, put together, creative meetings and stuff like that it's it's it kind of makes you fall in love with wrestling even more, and then as you grow into it, you realize the the talent that that's there and how the matches are put together. And what what all goes involved into a phenomenal wrestling match to, our, to where I first started realizing that that the and th- this kind of shows you the the, the, the transition and the, the thought aspect for for me is that I initially loved the fact that it was more character driven. but as you get older and as you begin to begin to realize, what all goes into it and and it's kind of kind of gets you to the pulse of the fans as well but as i've gotten older i've become more infatuated and more absolutely geared more towards the athletic ability and the wrestling the pure wrestling ability and the wrestling aspect of the business more so than the might skills and the characters and how the, the the talking and the and the charisma drives the storylines where now absolutely love seeing four fort and five and even as Meltzer puts it six star matches at at some at some points with like New Japan pro wrestling. You got AEW now that's putting on phenomenal wrestling matches that's geared more toward the wrestling fan more so than the entertainment aspect of the business. <clears throat>
1: I'm glad to hear you say that because I've had some people tell me when they first started breaking in uh, to the business and started to train, and they kind of you know they're pulling the curtain back, so to speak, and they're seeing how it's done. So, like when you're watching a match on WWE or like I said, New Japan, or Mm -hmm. you know, it's almost like you can actually see it now with different eyes that, and it kind of ruins. their illusion of wrestling, you, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I personally didn't see it that way on, on you know, I mean, okay, I I, I had my moments where it's kind of like, ah, dance, I kind of, you know, you kind of really could tell what's really a work and, you know, and, and, and what's a shoot right. and everything, and then sometimes you just second-guess yourself on what's really real what's not so much in wrestling, you know, going back right. to what you said earlier in 1992, you know, that was the uh, the Bill Watts era. Of, uh, mm-hmm. of wrestling with, with with Sting and Rick Roode and Dustin Rhodes Ricky Steamboat, you know, Big Van mm-hmm. Vader, if you would. You know, I remember as a kid myself, great, great matches, by the way. You know, it was more, to me, you saw more believable stuff, you know. Right. They, they try right. to make it a sport than a uh, spectacle of sports entertainment, which we're seeing with the WWF at the time. But, you know.
2: Right. And I mean, just to just to piggy piggyback off that point really fast here, and from from what you were saying, the realistic aspect, they did a really good job of creating more of a realistic character and more of a relatable character aspect back then, than sometimes what they do now.
1: Look, let me ask you this question here. Like I said, you know, stick with what they do now compared to what I saw back then. You know, like back then, man, I could watch all day watch like like watching um Arn Anderson and Bobby Eaton team up against Ricky Stimo and Dustin Road. Mm-hmm. You will see a classic chain Russell back and forth kind of battle. And what you see compared to today's wrestling, as uh Christian Fiery has come on the show, he calls it flippity flop bullshit. You know, he, you know it's all it's all you
2: yeah. know,
1: that's, that's what he calls it, you know. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's all about spot today. Now about wrestling. What's your mm-hmm. thoughts on that, though?
2: For me, I, it, it depends on, on what it's called for because I love the, 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 the high spots aspect of wrestling, but I also really appreciate the, um, the more technical wrestling style of professional wrestling. Like One of the dream matches that I really would like to see would be any combination of these guys, whether it be triple threat or whether it be uh, one-on-one and uh, the other two go one-on-one, but it would be any combination of, of these guys. Kurt Angle versus oh, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Daniel Bryan. And the, and the reason I say that is because, and it's kind of like the, it and it veers on what you see a lot of times with the revival, and how the revival works so well in a company like AEW, because they're bringing back the old-school type of mentality. in in an era where a lot of guys stick to this new style of, it's more of an... Uh, how to, how to, let's see how do I want to put this it's' more of a kind of like a holy crap pop of the moment instead of the whole iteration of the match for me and for from from where from where I sit from the tech just purely technical aspect that those three can bring about because I remember watching matches from back in ROH where you had Nigel McGuinness versus Brian Dan- or Dan- Brian Danielson yes at the time that were absolutely phenomenal matches that would bl- that would blow you away on the the technical wrestling ability and it doesn't necessarily have to be all these you know uh torneos or these moon moonsaults or over-the-top aspects of pure jaw-dropping amazement and like holy crap you know i can't i can't believe they just pulled that off now that is very nice that is very nice to pull off and it works very well with a team that is that is strictly kind of like the revival say no flips and it's just strictly it's just strictly uh pure wrestling ability. It they kind of they work very well combating each other hand in hand because they're two distinct styles, but in the in terms of the flow of the match, they look great going against each other. So from that aspect for for me, both the high flying mechanisms of professional wrestling like you see with the young bucks like you see with the lucha brothers like you see um with uh sometimes sometimes with the motor city machine guns even though they're older they they're they're more of a quicker agility type based tag team now in their their elderly years but you look at Some of their matches back in uh, the, whether it be the early early TNA days or not necessarily say early, but you're looking at uh, virtually two thousand two about middle ways TNA days towards towards a little bit of the gravity tail, and now they're back in Impact, which is an extension of what what uh, TNA used to be. And Impact is doing very well. But, and another good team to kind of throw into the mix of all of this is when, when, uh, if I don't know if you've ever watched New Japan, uh, lately or over the past, uh, past couple of years, Bill, but there's a team over in New Japan called the Gorillas, uh, the the Gorillas of Destiny. Right, right. And, and it's, it's, I think it's, uh, it's son, and it's also, I think a cousin of theirs, but they're a really good smash mouth team as well. And whether it be from the side of a high flying wrestling match, or whether it be from a technical style of wrestling match, I think, I think it depends on like what, what the crowd is looking for in, and in, fi- in uh, filling out the crowd as well as what each individual in the match can offer. Uh, for me, I, I kind of like a mixture of both. Um, I I just I, I I cannot get behind though the the illogicalness of 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 some of the stuff you see though, and right. For me, I mean, and and, and it all goes back to what they can offer, and how well you can craft the match within the time that's given to you.
1: Heavy stuff, Blake. Um, I'm, I'm going to ask you this question, I, you know, about what we're talking about. Um yep. Me and you had a chance to call some pretty good matches at UCW. Now, mm-hmm. do, you, do you remember the rematch series that when Hunter Young was the UCW champion and Christian theory mm-hmm. was challenging the title, mm-hmm. you know, the Kingdom versus the Sanctuary? Yep. You know, those three matches compared to the one match Hunter Young had after that series with Billy Brash. Mm-hmm. I've had people sit there and say that one match with Billy Brash and Hunter Young blew the three matches Hunter had with Christian Fury. And, and this is why Christian Fury had that comment about flippity-flop bullshit. He says, the only thing you saw at a Hunter and, and Brash was flippity-flop bullshit. I actually told the story. I was wrestling, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, yeah. so I'm kind of curious. We never had a chance to really talk about after that series or the match of Billy Brass, other than the fact that me and you were blown away by all performances, you know, hands down. Hunter and Brass did turn the house down. I told, I told Fury, mm-hmm. couldn't deny that. But getting that, the fact that the crowd was not getting behind that match series as well, because, you know, a lot of people kind of underestimated Christian Fury. The Hunter Young was yeah. just going to wipe the floor with him. But, you know, Fury, he, 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 he held with Hunter, move for move, man. And, I thought I gave it a, a five star performance, if your mom is saying so. No, but what, what are your thoughts on that, that yeah, particular I mean,
2: match? Christian Christian Fury's and the the Black Rose is more Im- embodied more in in a Smash Mouth heel type of not giving giving a crap, and um, he, he's gonna go in there with the intention of doing everything in his his daggum power. To win the match, and he doesn't care if it's a one-star match, a five-star match. It's gonna be the damn match, and and from his perspective, he's out there to win. He's out there to win the damn match. So he could give a, he could give a rat's ass of what the fans think. He's in there to basically destroy his opponents and win championships and stay on top in the wrestling business at United Championship Wrestling whereas the other one and 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 it all comes down to again to how the matches are constructed and and because you can because you can have what and let me how they're constructed in chemistry also because you could have a match that you would think would look absolutely twelve hundred percent electric on paper. Right. Electric on the paper. You're like you're 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 going down the list of matches, whether whether you have six, seven, eight, eight, nine matches. Good lord, just don't have fourteen matches on a damn car like you see at mania. Please. Right, right. Um, right. But you could have six, seven, eight, nine matches down there. And let's say Okay, you, uh, we, can use, uh, we can use Hunter Young if you want to. All right. Now, here, here's, here's what I'm going to say. You could, you could put Hunter Young in a match with Sean Legacy. And if you remember, we had a chance to call one of his first matches. And I had a chance to call. I think his his uh, his first match that he had com- that he had commentary with. It was absolutely phenomenal what Sean Legacy can do. Remember also, Sean Legacy just had an opportunity on All Elite Wrestling Wrestling's YouTube show AEW Dark against Will Hobbs. Yes, he did. Not not too long ago, but here's. Here's where I'm talking about chemistry. Okay. Sean Legacy and Hunter Young. Have been best friends for ages. They know each other's moves. They know each other's mentality. So you can go in there. And with the mentality of knowing what the other person is going to do it not only challenges you to come up with another way to, another way to counter, counteract him and, supr- and surprise your opponent and quell the opponent, opponent's advances, but it also, you get into more of a counter-wrestling match too. And that, and that, that is really wonderful in, in, in a lot of different places. But they also have this chemistry about them to where they can go out for 12 15 minutes and absolutely put on a four or five star match. Where again, if you have on paper something that you think would be good, sometimes it doesn't turn out that good or it doesn't turn out that well. Um and I can't I can't really think of the one I the one I just had on my mind, but like like if you were to put Like, for example, okay, if you were to put uh, Dominic Mysterio right now, all right, if you were to put him (laughs) against Braun Strowman, it wouldn't be that good of a matchup. Or, okay, for example, if if you're looking at, let's say, and one that... I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna throw out there. Is I don't know if I don't know if you remember the old ECW, and, and this is actually my, one of my favorite wrestlers that I'm, I'm gonna throw out here. Is and I watched a lot of FMW back in the day too, which was the Japanese version of what Combat Zone Wrestling is here in the states. <clears throat> there was a wrestler back then known as Hayabusa. Okay, if you. If you were to put like Hayabusa in with somebody like a Dominic Mysterio, or let's say right now, okay, let's just use let's just use Legacy for example, okay? okay. Even though those two would try to put on the best match that they could, from the fans' eyes and from a creative from a creative aspect of it, it may not be the best match that it can be. Because for one, of the inexperience of wh- whether it be Sean Legacy at this point, or, or up to this point where this match would go, would go to, or whether it's, say, Dominic Mysterio, because for one, in Dominic's case, he's still learning on the fly. He's in WWE. He, he's had maybe a year's worth of matches behind him in Independence. He has a very good trainer with his dad, uh, Ray. But he's still very, very green. So from that aspect, the matches may not be all that well and be all that awe-inspiring or may not be five stars, for example. But it's also going to teach him a lot about the business coming out of it. And then you just have matches that completely suck. Like, okay, you 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 threw out Vader uh, for a little bit. Can 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 you imagine a Vader versus a Braun Strowman right now? Mm.
1: Uh, yeah, I can imagine it. I mean, like you said, classic case might look good on paper, but what kind of chemistry these guys are going to give? I think another match for Vader, I remember I saw it in 1998 with Mark Henry. I didn't uh-huh. plan out the way I thought it was going to, or even Bradshaw uh-huh. and Vader. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, sometimes since some chemistries just don't mix. You go back to SummerSlam 98. SummerSlam mm-hmm. 1998. How the to hell. Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Undertaker, as too popular as they were, too big as they were, two guys who loved the business, very, very crafted in their skills, but did not have great chemistry together and, and their matches show for. Her. I mean, you know, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, Stone Cold defending the belt against The Undertaker. Hell yeah, we're going to have a good match today. And I remember leaving in Madison Square Garden. I'm like thinking, man, that match it's kind of wasn't what I expected to be, you know. And it's kind yeah. of weird because, like, you'll see Bret Hart have five star matches with Steve Austin and The Undertaker. So I'm mm-hmm. I, like, I never, I never could understand that. But even a great technical wrestler like Bret Hart versus someone like D'Amelico, I saw in WCW. Man, that match sucked balls. And yeah. like, and and I've heard here Bruce Pritchard with definitely talk about if the chemistry, chemistry does not match up, sometimes the styles. I'm not gonna match up and which is another reason why they never um booked Austin and Hogan because mm-hmm. the styles wouldn't have mixed up and then the QS would have been off and it probably would have been bad for business. Although it probably would have sold a lot of tickets. But people they were would have away. sold a lot of
2: tickets, but but yeah. if you also remember, look at what happened past the whole um Monday Nitro Goldberg win on Monday mm-hmm. Nitro. And look how that turned out. They lost yeah. a lot of viewership after that because a lot of people thought it would have sold better. And they had a huge, huge buildup to it, with with uh, uh, I, I believe at the time it was Goldberg and Hogan, but they had like a huge buildup to it, and then well, they didn't. Well, they 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 they, they, did,
1: they didn't have enough time to build it up. They announced it Thursday on Thunder. that They're going to make Hollywood Hogan defend the bell mm-hmm. this Monday against Goldberg. So that mm-hmm. was one of the criticisms that those to be had. If they had more time to build it up, they probably could have sold the Georgia Dome. But with only like a four days, uh, four days of notice, the Georgia Dome still did 40,000 uh, people showed up there that day. But he right. gave that badge away for free. That's no controversy. They, 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 they could have built it up for a pay-per-view. But I see what you're saying, right. though. And, and see, hindsight, it's a company long run.
2: Well, and it is not necessarily about about the length of a build up either. It's the context right. and the contents of what you do in the build up. It could a build up could be for it could be for dude, a build up could be for five weeks. Or yes. a, or a or a build up or could now, be or
1: 18 months, right? Or 18 months, right? Sting in Hogan ninety
2: seven. Yeah. Oh my god. Or, or a, a two year buildup. It could be that. And even after two year build up, it still could be crap. Because the con the context and the contents of of what you actually do in the build up to the finish of that rivalry was not good. And that's also going to hurt the match as well. And that's that's more of like an old school mentality to think about it. But the the build up to the match sells the matchup because you 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 can have a great match by the time the match gets there and you can go out and kill a six star, seven star matchup. But there again, you're not going to have the care from your essential audience that you would if you had a great build-up leading into the matchup. Leading into the matchup.
1: I agree. I agree.
2: My and and prime example to this. Anything McMahon was in, anything Vince McMahon was in.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He could he he lifted weights and everything, and he tried the best he could. He couldn't technically wrestle. No, no, but. No. But the but the buildups were so good that you really wanted to see Undertaker, Austin, uh, e- even even Bret Hart, literally want to rip his heart out of his chest.
1: I um, that, you, it's funny, that It's funny. right, right. Yeah. It's funny that you. It's funny that you mentioned that. Dude, just about Bret Hart and Vince Man. I really it just just popped in my head. I really want to opinion. This I just got to listen to. Um, um, I believe it was something or I believe it was something to wrestle with It's Bruce mm-hmm. Pritchard and Conrad Thompson And they're talking mm-hmm. about WrestleMania 26 and the the Burhart versus McMahon Now Dave Milster gave it like a negative five stars if I remember correctly Say the match mm-hmm. was freaking horrible and it sucked and then then you see Burhart hit McMahon like some 18 chair shots And it got to mm-hmm. the point where the fans were actually getting somewhat sympathetic toward Vince if you would, and right. really started Brett. You know, I think that's a piss-poor, you know, criticisms. I'm kind of like, wait a minute no. Okay, Brewhart survived a stroke, a concussion. Brewhart's barely able to get around Vince McMahon's in the 60s at this point. What kind of match do you expect you was going to see? You're not going to see a Lutez, a Buddy Rogers cup of match. I mean, it, it was entertaining. He would pay money Thanks to watch Brewhart whip Vince McMahon's ass. Plain and simple, chemistry entertaining. I was expecting Brewhart to freaking do the elbow drop for the second rope, that that flying tackle he does, or a super flex, or you know, that Brewhart of old. I mean, Brett was just yeah. lucky enough to do what he could do. I mean, so was Vince. I mean, I was just entertaining, you know, just the ideal of it. You know, right. Brewhart, man, damn. You know, I just I thought and, it was just a, his poor criticism on Meltzer. Yeah,
2: and... It, it kind of was and and it wasn't because when you when you when you look at that particular situation, I mean Bret Hart was was well, well out out of uh wrestling shape and wrestling wrestling uh age at that point. Um and kind of like like when you see when you see the types of matches that they have, like um hardcore um Street fights, falls count anywhere, kind of helps aid in the progression of a match like that. When when guys are not put that well into a storyline and they don't have that well of chemistry, it actually aids in the understanding of okay, we're 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 we know both guys going into it. All right, if 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 you're looking from a Logical fan perspective, you know both guys going into it are not really going to give you what you ha- what you would have had back in the day, so you're just praying to goodness that nobody gets hurt and that that they they put on the best match that they possibly can at the time, and yeah, um, that match did suck. But given the, the parameters of what they were dealing with and what they were going through with that. Right, right. They they gave it the best shot that they could, and it didn't turn out like I think they had saw it turning out, and they had actually wanted it to. So his criticisms on that are are. Profound, and at the same time, there are flaws within that. One of the things that Bill that I absolutely cannot stand What's is that? logistical flaws and everything. Like, okay for for example, we're gonna bring it back to we're gonna bring it back to a modern day um, feud here for a minute. All right, and it and it's 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 going on right now. Yes. Okay, you've got this Drew McIntyre thing. Versus this whole Randy Orton, Keith Lee storyline going. How in... Let me ask you this. Okay. They've said they wanted to keep NXT separate from WWE, right? Right. That's right. So, how in God's name... How in God's holy name... Are you gonna bring in the uh limitless Keith Lee up? Bring him into one match. Win that matchup. And he since he, he since has um lost lost a couple as well, but bring him up for one matchup, and then all of a sudden two weeks later. He's the number one contender for the for the uh, WWE title.
1: Well, if I can answer it like this, um, you know the guy was very getting very 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 uh, dominant in NXT, but yeah. you know the judging it from crowd reactions, you know the writers are looking at it, you know. Yeah. And okay, this guy's got charisma, this guy could move in the ring. Look how the crowd's following him. So the right. writers are trying to be like, okay, our ratings are sucking right now, they're getting their ass kicked in the ratings right now, right? So they got to do something different to shake things up, right? You know, they got something that's going to get the public's opinion. I mean, right. I mean, the public's reaction, crowd right. reaction, get someone, you know, that get their remote controls and turn their channels. Back on WWE with Raw or SmackDown in this situation with the deputy title. If Randy Orton's not getting the job done, and Tyre is doing what he can, you know, but this other guy, you know, Mr. Lee, is really, you know, starting to get by storm. It's that same kind of formula that the WCW did with Goldberg, fresh out of power plant, and also we're going to push this guy to the moon and back, the undefeated street. You know, same thing, Vince. If you think about it, this is what Vince McMahon did in 1984, you know, yeah, cooking some AWA back to the WF and not even there. Not even thirty days. All of a sudden, yeah. he's in a world title match. The Iron Sheik, boom! Now he's the champion, and Vince has run with it. You know, so whatever the writers are telling Vince what they see out of it, he's like, okay, we got to try something different. Okay, we're going to give a shot with this guy, and let's see what happens. You know, whether I agree with her or not, I, I, I I'm kind of like you. You know, on paper, that doesn't make sense. You know, all of a sudden, what's it say to the rest of your roster?
2: You know, exactly. And know. The, logistical, the the logistical gaps that are there it doesn't make sense because for me if you look at it all right bring Goldberg back in back into the picture you know another guy who did the same thing yeah Samoa Joe back in his initial initial run in TNA he was undefeated for
1: 18 months
2: 18 to 18 to 24 months Kurt Angle initially beat him but that even even though that that decision was questionable to have him beating beat him the first match the second match I, I think it should have been reversed with Joe beating him the first one and angle toppling Joe the second that's beside the point the point is. The mentality of going through and actually building up your own roster into stars now is absolutely neglected and, and emasculated on on uh, WWE, WWE TV. Now, AEW does a, a little bit better job of this, but... You can't you, you can't you cannot just have somebody come up from a separate company and then two matches two matches in or come in just for just for just for a pop and give give them a title shot when the way you the way you put it yourself, the company that he just came for, even though it's under your umbrella, the company that he just ventured from. Is not a part is is not a part of your company, and is a second venture, and is a third brand of your company. So it's right. it's, this, right. it's what you're what you're putting it as as a separate company and a and a third brand, but you're selling it you're selling it as this thing where it's a minor league system co- going up to the big leagues. Well, don't tell everybody if if you're gonna do that. Don't tell everybody, and don't sell everybody on the on the fact that it's not really conducive to the Raw or SmackDown breeding ground for new talent, because that's not what they initially said. So the for me, I do not like logic gaps and. For me, that that's that's just one right off the top of my head, out of many right, that I, that right. that I could point out. That from 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 a perspective like that, um, there's not much old school mentality that that is being brought to the table from from the WWE. Now, again, AEW and New Japan actually have some deeper roots in an old school mentality format. Um. That are actually pretty fun and and phenomenal to see it play out. Again, they have they have their issues as well, though, because you see you see a lot of people now clamoring that oh it's WCW light or WWE light now, and it's like um, I can see where you may be saying that, but look at look at look at actually who they're bringing in. These are people that were not given a shot in their company. That were that were put on the back burner, that have have wrestling talent that are not be, that were not being utilized correctly, and they're being brought in, but continue. What's pissed
1: me off about that? What's pissed me off about that is you know you know we're talking about Mr. Lee and everything. Mm-hmm. What about Bobby Lashley? I, I really felt they really chopped the ball. At that. Now now that Brock Lesnar's a free agent. You know why didn't they not do Lashley and Lesnar? You know, I, I'm sitting there thinking about all this other talent the they could have had. You know, they're trying to, I know they're trying to put up people for, for the NXT and everything, but the, the storyline's crap they did with Lashley, I, I thought was not, not to build him up, but to, you know, I don't know, demean him a little bit. You know, a lot of people, everybody I spoke to, I'll be craving Lashley versus Lester. And last year, you know, you see Lashley beat Roman Reigns for number one contenders, Joe, just for what, the next nine on Raw? They have another number one matchup. Reigns gets it. Now Reigns is going to go. Slam SummerSlam take on Lesnar? I, I just don't understand that. And I think Bobby Lashley's is just as good, if not better, than the guy they're trying to push right now. No disrespect to him. I'm a fan of him. I'm a fan of Lee. and He's a tremendous athlete. But I'm really curious to see what they're going to do with him. You know, but I don't think it's all Bobby Lashley. We're talking about chemistry and possible matches up. And, you know, and I don't really don't believe that, you know, Lester didn't want a job for last year. Lashley did one job, you know, for Lester. I see two guys with, with a very, very powerful amateur wrestling background mm-hmm. could have done a lot of good matches, you know. But the W didn't do it, man. I just, I, I don't understand that, man.
2: Well, it, it, it goes back to kind of, I'm gonna throw a little bit of sarcasm at you, but go ahead, go ahead. In in a good way. um, The young bucks have a saying, and they have a T-shirt out called "Young Bucks Killing the Business." Yeah. Have you ever heard of that? Where the young bucks actually actually say "Young Bucks Killing the Business"?
1: Killing the business. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Okay. So from that standpoint. There is something that kills the business more so than than the mainstream fans let on of course the main mainstream folks may not understand this but a a lot of people within within the business can the talent will the talent will always be be ta- be the talent and, and talented but especially in the system that WWE has in somewhat of the system that uh, WCW had. Right. You always hear the young bucks are killing the business. Well, One thing that really does kill the business is not only the logic gaps that we just talked about, but the creative department kills the business. Because if you don't have and if you can't write a television show... That is the least bit interesting. Then nobody is gonna watch it, and then the one man up at the helm, who 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 runs that company, when you hear stories all the time about the the writers and his thirty sixty some odd freaking writers that he has, are writing all of these storylines that they could be interesting and 60% of them aren't aren't used and he comes in the day of the show or in in the in uh, it was either last week or the week before about 2 hours before the show rips the script up and rewrites the show
0: mm-hmm.
2: that that right there kills the business more than anything because for for one even if, even if you get input from the wrestlers, because don't get me wrong, wrestlers who care about the business. And see, this is where, this is where AEW and WCW are different. And the fact that, yes, they had wrestlers on the creative team, but those wrestlers back then were all about money and they didn't care about the actual product.
1: Absolutely.
2: The Absolutely. Wrestler- the wrestlers now that the wrestlers now that are in AEW care more 10 times more about their product than they do about making a dime and that's that is the main that's one of that is one of the differences and a huge difference that you can see between the t- between the two companies and where both of them stood in their respective heirs
1: right right
2: but and even still aew doesn't necessarily have writers writing it they allow their wrestlers to 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 pitch ideas and, and come up with their own stuff a lot of the times but if you're going the writing direction don't have hollywood writers and writers who have never been in professional wrestling, before trying to write professional wrestling storylines or trying to write a professional wrestling show,
1: because it's just not going to work. No. I, no, I I I I agree with you more, man. But Blake, I could our show a little bit shorter than I wanted to tonight, man. But um. I definitely want you back on next week. I definitely want to continue this. My God, you've opened the book up with some more and more. Uh, let's really break some stuff down in professional wrestling here from the past president and hell in the future in the business. I definitely want to get back with you more on the UCW and live wire war. Your thoughts on that. And we're going to talk about my pro a little bit and your relationship with Caleb kitchen, some of your other origins. I appreciate being on the show here. Um, because my producer just gave me a thumbs up, got cussed a little bit, a little bit short this week. we on time restraints. But, my friend, yeah. can I catch you on here next week?
2: I would love to come back if, 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 if you have me back. This, this has been fun. It's been an honor, and it's been awesome to work with you today.
1: Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, we will have Blake here back. He just affirmed it. Like I said before, we've got more great, great talking here with Special Wrestling. I'm your host, Survivor, Peyton Bill Blanchard. This is the Wrestling Shootout. We'll see you next time.